back on a weekend. It is CBB Review Courtside. It's only the second time I've been hosting one of these uh, for the new season, so I still got to get used to that. CBB Review Courtside. I hope y'all are doing well. I am your not-so-humble host at times, humble host at others, Brendan Hodges. Coming at you on, it's a Sunday right now. You're listening to this probably on a Monday or Tuesday, uh, if I'm being honest with you. And we're looking ahead to what is kind of an overlooked, uh, not even kind of an overlooked, just an overlooked event that sneaks up on a lot of people that not a lot of people watch unless they're avid college or professional basketball fans. Thursday, June 23rd, that is from the time of recording, 18 days from now, is the NBA draft. We know the order. We know how it works. We know that there are some good players. We know that there are maybe a pair to three of players who could be potentially all-time great players. But what do we actually know? about the NBA draft. You know that I am more of an NFL guy than an NBA guy. I have made that abundantly clear, despite the fact that I host a college basketball podcast. Let me make this analogy. The NFL draft, there are 250-ish to 260-ish picks a year, depending on compensatory stuff and all that. And still, a large percentage of the league or a, a significant percentage of the league is undrafted. The NBA, you have 60 picks. So you could argue that maybe a larger portion of their league is technically undrafted just because there were only a handful of guys selected in the first place. And not even all those guys are domestic or played domestic at all. You have the international players that don't even show up for two years. You have a whole bunch of aspects that go into this thing, right? But the NBA draft, at least in my mind, and this is what I'm talking about here with our starting five here on season three, episode 10 of CPB Review Courtside, is just how much of a crapshoot the NBA draft is. You look at number one picks that have just kind of flunked Markel Fultz, Kwame Brown. I mean, even Zion hasn't been, like he showed us something, but he hasn't been available. So I won't say he's a a bust or that he's flunked. He's just kind of in limbo right now, at least in my eyes. It's such a fine line between fans saying good pick, bad pick, great pick. I mean, it's such a fine line to really take anything away from the NBA draft. I mean, Steph Curry, people didn't like the pick. They were like, why are you picking this guy? He was hurt at Davidson. He's small. He shoots this thing called the three. When is that ever going to be a great shot? Well, almost, what now, 10, 12 years after that pick was made, he's one of the best, if not potentially the best player in the league, most impactful, most influential. Draymond Green, no one thought he was going to be anything. Second round pick, right? Of course, you also have the sure things, LeBron, Kobe, all those guys that came out in 03 or before that were sure things coming out of high school and ended up being all-time grades. All I'm trying to say here is the draft is an inexact science. 
but we try to make it exact. Not every player is going to pan out. Not every player is going to live up to their draft stock, their draft position where they are picked in. But not every player is going to have that same chip on their shoulder either if they don't get picked where they thought they were going to. I can only imagine how many chips on shoulders there are in the NBA today solely based upon draft position. Or maybe I thought I was a first-round pick. I was a late second-round pick. I almost didn't get drafted. Or those guys who just plain didn't get drafted at all. I mean, it's one of those things, guys. The draft is an inexact science. And we, being mere mortals, can hardly ever hope to be perfect at anything in life. And NBA teams, despite what you may think, can never be perfect with the draft. And that's what we're talking about today. The NBA draft... We have two guys on with us today. Now, speaking of guys who you could call overrated, not worth the skills they have, uh, a little full of themselves maybe when it comes to NBA draft coverage, uh, our panel today, our, our two guests, the boss man, you know him well, you hear him on every other episode besides the two that I've been on so far, does great interviews, should be working right now, but he said, uh, hey, there's no six o'clock show tonight, so I can be here. He's wearing what looks like a Seton Hall soccer jersey. Is it, it is a Seton Hall soccer jersey. Uh, Matt Majinski is wearing a Seton Hall Pirates soccer jersey. And I am not surprised. Anyway, Matt Majinski's here. Our so-called draft expert, who um, during the time beforehand was sending me notes about how horrid my takes were on the draft being... Uh, hate-filled in terms of the after-effects. Ariel Putterman is here as well. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all here. It's going to be great. Matt, Ariel, welcome in. We're talking draft today. You guys already know that. We're 18 days away from the time we're recording this. It's June 5th. People will probably listen to this in the next couple of days. Uh, let's just get right to it, guys. How excited are you for the draft, Ari? I'm super excited. Draft's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm getting to watch these guys that you've been watching for one to four years, doing research on, um, and kind of making predictions all um, from the end of the college basketball season, um, from the lottery until the day of the draft, just where people will go, seeing them rise and seeing them fall. It's just like a little fun game, and I'm super excited to see where players end up, what situations they're going to be in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited for the draft coming up. Yeah, I've always liked the NBA draft because unlike the NFL draft, it's a little bit easier to really grasp it all because it's only, well, this year it's less than 60 picks because some of the teams have deferred to uh, other years for their picks. So it's like something like 57 or 58. Um, and then just from a CBB review coverage standpoint, it's always fun seeing uh, what graphics our designers will uh, come up with for the picks. It's really fun releasing those since we put out a graphic for every pick. So we're trying to like stay on top of that in the moment. And it's always just a lot of fun. And as a Knicks fan, the NBA draft is my, uh, that's my Super Bowl. That's my NBA finals. So it's even better for that. It's also your worst nightmare because they always let you down. But <laughs> uh, I digress. Uh, it, with every draft, there comes a lot of 
hype for some players. Some of it pans out. Some of it doesn't. Sometimes you get that Knicks fan in glasses crying about the fact they pick Chris stops, then he loves him. And then he leaves and the kids crying again. So let's start there guys. We know the big names in this draft. You think Jabari Smith, you think Chet Holmgren, you think a couple other guys as well. Jaden Ivey um, for one. Uh, Who in your eyes is the most deserving of said hype? that they are receiving in order to say they are kind of like steady Eddie. What you see is what you're most likely get in terms of the attention they're drawing to themselves, Matt. I think Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren go hand in hand at one and two. They're kind of the prototypical college players, the one and dones that might not, might not have even had to play one year of college uh, just because of what they are. You know, they're both forwards that have guard skills. I always go back to, an article that I'd released in the beginning of the year where I looked at Jabari Smith just based off of what I had known about him coming out of high school. And I thought that he might have a chance to be the best freshman. He was listed number one on my list of guys that could really excel as a freshman in college basketball because of who Auburn was and the chances he'd get to, to really be the star with the Tigers. And that ended up uh, working out. It was one of the few predictions that I've made that turned out to be right. Um, just because he can just do a little bit of everything. Um, he reminds me a little bit of, of a Kevin Durant or a Carmelo in the sense that he's a, a forward that can just back down and do all these great mid-range moves, has a little bit of a three-game, drives to the bucket tough. He's really strong. And then Chet Holmgren, although he needs to add a few pounds more than likely, um, he really just has the same game. He's, he's what the basketball uh, is kind of going to nowadays in the fact that he is a seven-footer, who can move like a six foot five guy. Uh, He has all the moves around the rim. He can shoot. And in my eyes, they just kind of go hand in hand as the guys out of college that they're going to be one and two in this draft. Going to be maybe one and two there. We're both semi underwhelming in the tournament, if I'm being honest, but Holmgren, especially though he'd been great all year, Uh, though Jabari Smith did have the dunk of the tournament. I think in most people's eyes, though dunk of the tournament doesn't really secure you anything in the NBA. That's for sure. Ari, same question. Who would you say is maybe besides those two deserving of the hype that they're receiving? I'm making it harder on you because you were the first one on and you said you're feeling a little under the weather today. No, no problem at all. Um, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey, the shooting guard out of Purdue. Um, He's just an unbelievable athlete. We saw we could do the last two years. Um, his first step is almost impossible to guard. He's so lightning quick at getting to the rim. Um, he can dunk it. He can. He's quick in the p- passing lanes. And he's also developed a little bit of a shot. I think that's what people were worried about the most. The reason why I came back to school last year, um, scouts were really looking for that shot to develop. And by no means is he a sharpshooter, but he's improved enough where it could be a threat. Like defenders can't um, kind of push up, press up on him. Um, they have to worry about that shot as well as that insane driving ability. So I just really love Ivy. I think he'll probably go fourth or fifth, um, and he deserves to go around there, maybe even higher. Uh, but the, looking how the draft is turning out, probably won't go higher than fourth. But, yeah, I mean, he's just really hard to guard. If all goes right, he can be the best player in this draft. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do on the next level, and he absolutely deserves the hype he's getting. A very exciting player as well. I love that we're already throwing out comms to KD and Carmelo, completely like possibly overrating these guys because those are like living legends that they would have to live up to. Uh, and speaking of overrating or perhaps underrating some players, uh, let's fix 
our focus on that now because there's always going to be a Kwame Brown. It feels like it at least, or a Markel Fultz that kind of like just, you know, just slightly underwhelms a certain franchise. Just, just a little bit, you know, they weren't too bad, but it, you know, they just didn't live up to that number one overall pick hype. So out of the field of draftable players, and we mentioned three that are deserving of the hype, who isn't deserving of some hype that they're getting right now, Ari? That's a good question. I really like, honestly, um, most of the lottery players. I'll go Johnny Davis. Um, I think he's a terrific player. My only question Big is... Big commercial guy. Huge <laughs> yeah. commercial guy right now. And somehow secure the bag with that Taco Bell commercial, and he will have his name draft uh, called on draft night for sure. But I'm just worried about how his game can transfer. Um, we saw at the end of the year when defenses kind of started figuring him out, he really struggled. Um, you could say injury is part of that too, but... Um, I think his situation helped him a lot. He had no pressure. He could just go out there and do whatever he wanted to. In the NBA, that's going to be different. He's probably never going to be the one or two guy for at least the next three, four seasons. So I'm just worried about him struggling. Um, we see guards in general just tend to struggle um, their rookie year, their first two seasons. Um, obviously, there's exceptions, but for the most part, um, we saw like with Jalen Suggs last year, and we've seen it with a lot of guards before. So I'm kind of worried just how his, level, how his games can transfer to the next level. He can still definitely be a quality role player, but I just don't know if he can be anything more than that. Yeah, I um, I can see where you're coming from there just because he seems like he was a real prototypical Big Ten player and kind of the guy at Wisconsin. And who knows what that role could look like in the NBA because a lot of these guys in the lottery, they're the guys at their college, but they have a lot of other great players around them where it just felt like Johnny Davis had – a little bit less talent around him among those lottery guys um, certainly was still a good Wisconsin team. It wasn't like, you know, he was on this losing team and he was the only good player, but definitely not really competing with a lot of other uh, high profile guys. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with a different guy also in the lottery uh, in some drafts. And that's Mark Williams with Duke. Um, I think he's a really good player. I, I don't, I'm not taking away, you know, he, he certainly has, you know, good numbers. He's a seven footer. He has the size already. He can play defense. I just get a little bit worried because I feel like his only game is really backing people down. He doesn't have a jump shot, really. Um, so you're kind of expecting him to maybe either grow that or you have to be the right team. He has to be drafted by a team that still utilizes a big man like that. And we look at the Celtics and the Warriors right now, the two teams that are in the NBA Finals, they would not utilize a player like Mark Williams. We see what they run on the floor I don't think Mark Williams would get a lot of, uh, you know, burn or a lot of run on either of those teams. And one thing NBA teams do is they look at the successful teams and they try to model themselves after them. Now, obviously, you're not going to become what this Golden State Warriors dynasty has become. You're not going to have back-to-back drafts or, or, you know, drafts that close to each other, getting a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum. But what you can do is look at how the team puts out their starting five, their bench, and what they do with their rotation. And I don't see Mark Williams fitting in with a Golden State or a Boston, so he better get the right team that still wants a seven-footer like that, especially as a lottery team. Because when you're a lottery team, you're looking for someone to change the franchise. Williams seems more like a guy that could help the franchise that wants that missing piece. And then we'll switch to be uh, well, first of all, Mark Williams also costing Coach K a chance at a national title. Um, so – Clutch question mark scouts. Look at that man. Can can he shoot free throws? Usually pretty good. Not in that moment. 
Uh, to the underrated side of things now, um, it's a debatable whether you guys are underrated in regards to our staff here. But um, I think uh, some people say you're overrated, not so much underrated. Who's underrated in this draft class, Matt? Yeah, uh, I have a clear-cut answer here, and that's Kennedy Chandler on Tennessee. I've loved his game all season long. I think that he he's literally projected a second-round pick. I think he has the talent where he could be a top 20 pick in this draft, maybe even at the tail end of the lottery. I just really like his game. I feel like his scoring is only going to improve. He has some physicality. He might not have the height that you want, and I think that's probably what's hurting him the most in this draft. But I feel like in today's NBA, yes, you know, you want to try to get a six foot five guard. You're not going to get that with Kennedy Chandler. But I just feel like his game will translate to the NBA, just the way that he plays. And again, his aggressiveness, I think, would really help. Um, that's how I see it. So I think a team that really needs a point guard, maybe at first he might be a guy that comes off the bench and, and uh, you know, in the top eight of the rotation. But I think down the line he could turn into a really good NBA player. Um, still, like the same thing as Mark Williams, needs the right fit. But I'll go with Kennedy Chandler. Yeah, I'll go with two guys. I really like Kennedy Chandler as well. Um, I'll go with one guy who's probably going to get picked in the lottery, but honestly should be picked a little bit higher. And then I'll go with a guy who's kind of late first round, early second round that I think could be a really good player in the NBA. So for that first guy, I'm going to go with Jeremy Sohan. Um, he's a six foot nine wing from Baylor, super talented, really good intangibles. Um, he plays with a lot of energy. I love energy guys. And my second guy's also an energy guy, but I think there was times um, during the season where he really looked like a special um, player. He's still young. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. I wouldn't count on him being anything special for the first two, three years. But I think long term, he could be a top four player in this draft, top three player. Um, he's just a really talented player overall. And then for a guy a little bit later on in the draft, I can go with Dalen Terry from Arizona. He's a six, seven guard, um, plays with a lot of energy, like I mentioned, was a big, really underrated part of that Arizona team. I know um, Mathurin gets all the credit. And he, he was obviously unbelievable. He'll go in the lottery. But Terry was really great, too. Um, he shoots it decently, has good athleticism, and plays with a lot of heart. So I think a team should take a chance on Terry. Um, he's going to be 20 um, at this, like around the draft. So I think that's scaring people a little bit, which it really shouldn't. But, yeah, I really like Terry. Um, I think he'll be a really great player in the NBA. Well, well done, guys. Uh, coming up right after this break, we're going to do – our own mock draft. You know how they say don't rate players. We're just going to break that rule and we're going to rate them. And we're going to do alternating picks for the top 10 teams in the draft. We'll also have trivia as well as a look ahead to who's sitting at the scorers table, ready to come on later episodes of CBB review courtside that right after this, we got a big man waiting at the scorers table in, in more so in body than in, but also in name. Uh, Thomas Snacks Lee will join Matt Majinski on a future episode of The Review, along with NCAA basketball champion Ryan Boatwright. They'll be joining him on CBB Review Courtside over the next couple of episodes. I wonder, Matt, who would you take in a one-on-one -on -one game between Snacks and Connor Williams from St. John Fisher? Well, you know, now that I'm up in Rochester, I feel like I kind of have to take uh, – Connor Williams, just because St. John Fisher is a Rochester school. So I, I have to go with the guy, but I mean, Thomas Snacks Lee, he, that was a pretty legendary moment. I'm excited to Jackson have Jackson State legend. That's going to be good. 
also both of them playing in the TBT. I do want to. They uh, really add up. That's that's the main focus. We cover the TBT here at CBB Review. I should be as long as it doesn't line up with Buffalo Bills training camp going to Rucker Park for that regional. So that's going to be wrong. that's going to be awesome. Rucker Park if you guys you should know that what that is if you listen to our podcast. We don't talk about it at all really, but you should just know what it is if you're a college or professional basketball fan. It's going to be great. That's going to be fantastic. Not a lot of sitting room, but <laughs> I've been there once and I knew that I have to come again because that is a basketball heaven. Anyway, that's what's coming up on CBB Review Court side over the course of next week. It's going to be great. I can't wait. There will be some sound bites to pull from that for our uh, our next weekend episode. We're moving on, though, to our NBA mock draft. Matt Majinski wiped the floor with Ariel Putterman in rock, paper, scissors over the break to earn the first overall pick. Jens, here is how this is going to go, alternating fashion, one through ten. You're picking for the team. I have the order in front of me. Matt, we're starting with you. The Orlando Magic are on the clock. Who are you picking? Well, I already hinted that I thought Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren went hand in hand. I sort of said how I don't love how Holmgren needs to add on size. I feel like Smith already has the size. I mean, he'll certainly need to add on more. That's never a bad thing once you get to the NBA. But I think it. I will take – I don't think – I will take, I'm the GM of the Orlando Magic, and I am picking Jabari Smith from Auburn. Matt takes Jabari Smith from Auburn. Ariel, you are now on the clock for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The fall from grace has been swift for the Thunder over the past, I don't even know how many years it's been now since KD and everybody left, but the fall from grace has been swift. Who are the Thunder taking second overall? Yeah, um... I think they'll be dancing everywhere in Oklahoma um, when they find out that Chet Holgram landed um, in their laps. Um, when he fell yeah. to number two. Yeah. Well, a sharp fall for Chet Holmgren in this draft. Yeah, I mean, we all know how good Chet can be. Um, I mean, he was great in high school. Um, he was great in college. Uh, elite shot blocker. He can shoot threes. He's got decent handles um, for a big. So, yeah, I think Sam Presti, he loves those kinds of guys. He'll be super happy to take Chet at number two. Third overall pick goes to the Houston Rockets. Uh, the only read that I'm surprised. Uh, here's the thing. Would they have gotten the first overall pick by record? Like, would that have been – they had the uh, worst record in the league, right? Or did the Magic have the worst record in the league? I'll fact check us real quick since I have ESPN open. Um, Rockets had the worst record. The it's wild to me that we have a lottery decide this. Like, this oh, tell is, me about could it. you imagine if the NFL had a lottery for their draft? Oh my God, people would be up in arms, man. Anyway, the Houston Rockets are on the clock, Matt. Who are you taking? I feel like this is sort of an easy one because now we all know that like the best two players available are arguably Paolo Bancaro and Jaden Ivey. The Rockets have Josh Christopher, a shooting guard. They have Jalen Green, the star of the team, a guard. Uh, they had Kevin Porter Jr., another guard who I really like. They don't need another guard. They need Paolo Bancaro, a guy that can uh, get some size on this team. They have Christian Wood down low, so I feel like that would make a really good pairing um, between, you know, as long as this is the team. Obviously, we know that players are going to move around. There's going to be free agent signings. There's going to be trades. I think that would give this Rockets team a nice uh, future to look forward for, to 
by drafting uh, the former Duke Fab freshman. Paolo Bancaro going number three. Number four is everyone's favorite team to hope for, the Sacramento Kings. They haven't done anything in the last forever. Uh, Ariel, you're picking for the Kings. Who do they take? Yeah, um, I think everyone can agree that um, Jabari, Chet, and Paolo will be the first three picks. We don't know what order. Um, after that, it's where it gets interesting. The Kings, all signs say they should, point, they should draft Ivy. He's by far the best player remaining, I think. The only problem is we saw them have that three-guard issue last year, and then they traded Halliburton to avoid that. And now it looks like they're going to trade – they're going to draft another guard. So are they going to trade draft another guard? I think they will. I think they're going to take Ivy. You got to go with the best player. You got to take the guy who you think is going to change your franchise around, especially when you've been in a playoff drought for, I think it's been 16 years now. Um, so I don't know if they're going to try that three guard lineup again, um, or they're going to trade Fox away or Mitchell away, but yeah, they'd take Ivy here. Well, last year's team that picked number one, picking at number five, the Detroit Pistons, Cade Cunningham. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch much Detroit basketball, so I will not comment on how his season went, but I'll just say, you know what? It's good that he got through his rookie season, and I'm sure his fans are looking forward to season number two. Matt, who will be joining Cunningham on the Pistons next year? I kind of like their young roster between Cunningham. I think Sadiq Bey has really turned into a nice piece. You figure they're probably going to move Jeremy Grant because that was talked about in uh, in the season. So um, That's I your would, guy, man. That's yeah, your guy. It is, and, and I think he's going to be moving on elsewhere. Um, which means it would probably open up a spot for a small forward. It's tough, too, because I also think they need a down-low guy. Even though Isaiah Stewart, shout-out Rochester, another Rochester guy, is in Detroit, I don't know what his – I feel like he's kind of nearing the best player that he can get. I know he's still a very young player, but it just seems like, you know, when you're a 6'8 center, you better start learning how to shoot threes pretty soon. Um I'd actually like to see them instead get another guard in the backcourt to pair with Cade, Cade Cunningham. I'm going to go with Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. I feel like this might be a little bit higher than some people have him at like six or seven, but if I'm Detroit, I'm taking Matherin. I mean, he's got, he can shoot the three. It drops a little bit lower this year than it was the year before. He can rebound, but he can really score the ball. And I'd really love to see the versatility between Matherin and Kate Cunningham, if you consider them the two uh, the two backcourt players on this Pistons team. Well, the Indiana Pacers roll into the draft at the number six overall position. They also have 31 and 58, two second-round picks. Um, that's probably the last pick of the draft, too, 58, if your math was right at the start of the show, Matt. Uh, Ari, who are the Pacers? picking up to try and improve themselves. Yeah, the Pacers are kind of in basketball purgatory right now. Um, they're not bad enough to be to get a high pick, but they're not good enough to contend right now. So they kind of need to get someone who can do that. Um, I think that's Keegan Murray. Um, I'd say he has the highest floor in the draft, uh, meaning we know what he's going to get. At very worst, he's going to be a quality player. Um, I think he can be, a, at worst, a low-level starter the rest of his career. Um, he shoots it really well. He's very athletic. Um, can take over games. We saw what he did at Iowa last year. Um, the Pacers trade away Sabonis in order to get Halliburton, so they need a replacement for Sabonis, and they're going to do that here by drafting Keegan Murray. The Portland Trailblazers also made a pretty eye-opening trade this past year, sending C.J. McCollum to New Orleans. Um, that's a tease for who's coming up after this pick. Uh, Matt, who 
are they going to bring in to help out Chauncey Billups in year two? Damian Lillard, who is really also always told us he wants to stay. He's definitely staying. I think you never know though with a star like that, but uh, who's Portland taking to try and get themselves back to the playoffs? Yeah. Well, they need a score. I think they need a score really bad because with CJ McCollum no longer in Portland, Portland needs to do everything they can to make sure that Damian Lillard does end up staying because I just find it hard to believe that at some point he's not going to look in the mirror and say, I need to get the hell out of Portland and get to a winning franchise. He's done everything he can do to try and get this Portland team uh, a championship. And he's also arguably my favorite player in the NBA um, right now that's in their prime. Unfortunately, obviously the injuries hurt him this past year. I'm going back and forth between – well, I won't even tell you I'm going back and forth between the Portland Trail Blazers need to select A.J. Griffin because the potential from Griffin is outstanding. It's a Duke team that had so many stars. It's tough to look at a guy that only averaged a touch over 10 points per game and say that he can come in and really help Damian Lillard. But I believe that A.J. Griffin can do that. He shot 45% from deep. He's physical. Um, he's going to be able to share some backcourt duties with, with Lillard. He'll be able to play off the ball. I mean, that three-point shot should work out fantastic in the NBA. In the NBA. And, uh, you know, he'll obviously be able to rebound a little bit too. I just feel like he would be the type of player that would excel on a team that needs someone to score right away. Well, you've already mentioned the Pelicans uh, recently here. They found their way into the playoffs. Like, abysmal start for New Orleans, by the way. <clears throat> this season uh we're at the 10 minute warning as well so we gotta pick this pace up but new orleans who are they picking ari uh to join zion and the crew of young bucks that they've got on their roster yeah i mean the pelicans are loaded with talent um like you mentioned zion brandon ingram mccullum um they got Devontae graham on the bench alvarado herb jones trey murphy um just to name a few um so i don't really know what they want to do here um whether they want to take some one of more of a win now player just kind of toss someone on the bench and let them develop while they can. Um, I think they can't pass up on this player because he has the potential to be really special, and that's Shaden Sharp. Um, there's a lot of concerns because he didn't play last year. He enrolled early to Kentucky, then sat out. Um, we haven't seen him really play. Um, there's also rumors where that his like heart really isn't in it, but um, you can't deny the talent. Um, he's an unbelievable player. He's extremely athletic, um, has really good body, um, can shoot, drive everything you want in an NBA guard. So I think they go sharp here. Um, and I don't know what they're going to do with him, but he's the best pick and you can't pack up, pass up on him. Number nine goes to the San Antonio Spurs. Matt, your pick is? Uh, it's going to be Nikola Jovic because that just seems like the San Antonio Spurs thing to do with the international player with their pick. I was wondering oh. when the international player was going to fight. <laughs> first of all, I was worried because we hadn't mentioned one yet. And I was like, I must not have told them about that you could draft international players too. But the thing is here is that there's some great players left, but I think that San Antonio, one of their biggest needs is three point shooting. Um, unless they're going to go with Ochai Baji with that pick, I feel like they might actually pick Jovic because it just seems like what they do. They already have DeJounte Murray down low, so they could certainly use a guy like Jovic. And then our final pick in our top 10 mock draft goes to the Washington Wizards. Ari, you have the rest of the field to pick from. Who is Mr. Irrelevant in this version of our mock draft? 
First of all, I was not expecting you to pick Jovic. I haven't seen him in the top 20 in any mocks. So for the first Talk about a reach. But to be fair, no one had Primo going lottery last year in the Spurs took him at 12. So you never know what that's for his front office. And they always pan out. Um, I'm going to go with a guy who will definitely be in the top 10. Um, he really rose up a lot of boards during um, the combine and all that stuff during pro days. Um, another kind of foreign guy, I'm going to go with Dyson Daniels, the Australian. He played for G League Ignite last year. Um, tall guard, um, really, really great potential. Uh, can do a little bit of everything on the court. Um, the Wizards, they kind of have a lot of talent, but not good enough to really use it yet. Um, the one place they are really missing talent, though, is the guard position. Um, they got Beal. We don't know what's going to happen with Beal, and then that's kind of it. So I think they take a guard here. Um, let him develop in that system. If he ends up panning out, then great for them. If not, they have Beal to rely on. Well, we know one thing about Bradley Beal. It's not about his stats, guys. Not at all about his stats. Tell your AAU team how it is, Bradley. Show them that St. Louis toughness. Love that guy. That is our mock draft. We have about six and a half minutes to go on this podcast. Yes, we do keep a running clock here. We're getting blown out every day, guys. Like The running clock starts early. We're going to get to our three-point play, and I was telling Ariel about this, Matt. You guys are going to be terrible today. I just know it because these questions are hard, very hard. I assume you all have a pencil and paper to help you out today. Uh, obviously Ari doesn't because he looked to his left and didn't see anything. So, um, eh, whatever. Ari can type his answer in the chat. First question has to do with the draft itself. Draft picks. A lot of teams have multiple draft picks. Quite a few also only have one list. The four teams that have no picks in this year's draft. Again, the teams with no picks in this year's draft, only four of them. There's a reason they don't, because either they're good and traded them all away, or they traded them all away for random people. I will say it's also interesting, none of these teams in the playoffs anymore as well. They could could all really use some help from that side. Are you typing your answer up in the chat? Good. Good. And by the way, while they're doing that, little plug for ourselves. If you want draft coverage, you want to see those cool graphics, why not go to our social media website, Instagram page, at CBB Review. I believe, yeah, it is still at CBB Review, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook page, if we have that. I still don't know if we have a Facebook page. We, I, we don't. It, we Facebook, probably, I don't even know. Facebook overrated social media instagram underrated social media ariel go ahead and send me your answers when you got them please matt go ahead and show me your answers please so matt majinski taking brooklyn both la teams and the phoenix suns he has three out of four correct Ariel, the Lakers, Heat, Nets, and Clippers, he has two out of four correct. Brooklyn, LA, Phoenix are three. Utah is the fourth. T 
team with no pick. No one gets any points because no one got the entire question right. One down, two to go. Gentlemen, this next, well, this is also sticking with the draft question too. It's about the first overall picks, but a, a certain aspect of them, only one Division I school, Division I program has had back-to-back number one overall picks in the NBA draft. What school was it? We are at 325 left in show, so let's pick up the pace here. I know you're not getting this right because this was a long time ago. Very, a very long time ago. The two teams they were drafted to don't even exist in their names anymore, so... Matt looks like he's ready. Ariel, I'll just have you. Uh, yes. Well, Ar- Ariel says Houston, and that's not correct. Matt, who are you taking? Matt thinks Cincinnati. That is incorrect. The answer, Duquesne. <laughs> Duquesne had back-to-back first overall picks in 55-56. Dick Ricketts and Sahugo Green went to the Milwaukee <laughs> Hawks and Rochester Royals, respectfully. Rochester, there we go. <laughs> Represent that, that, Rochester. That's why you're not a team anymore, because you're drafting someone out of Duquesne. <laughs> that, that, that's a very good point. Okay. This one is, I think, the question you guys have. the Well, actually, the first one you probably had the best chance to get right. But this one uh, is also very hard. Uh, so this past year, in case you guys forgot, uh, Fred Van Vliet became an NBA All-Star uh, eighth ever player in Raptors history to earn the honor and the first undrafted player to make an all-star team since this NBA player. We have 150 left in show. I'll give you 30 seconds to get your answer in. So the first undrafted player? He was the first undrafted, fifth ever undrafted player to become an all-star. First since this player. You got 20 seconds. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I make this hard on purpose because I love when people don't get any of my questions right. It's just so satisfying. You have 15 seconds. I think my player was drafted, but it was late, late second round. So, well, I, that doesn't count then, Ari, because it's undrafted players. Well, no, I wasn't sure if you Matt, Matt, show me your answer. Ari's yeah. wrong. He had he had Manu Ginobili. I know this is wrong too because which Isaiah Thomas are we talking about here? We're talking about the Celtics, and he was definitely. Yeah, they are both incorrect. Ben Wallace was the previous holder of that title, and as those people went undrafted, so did these two in trivia. And that is all we have for CBB Review Courtside, Season 3, Episode 10. Thanks for joining us. We mentioned this earlier. Thomas Snacksley, Ryan Boatwright coming up on Courtside over the next week. For Ariel Putterman, Matt Majinski, I'm Brendan Hodges. Go to our website, follow our social media, follow our stuff. Enjoy the draft in three weeks, but we'll see you coming up in the next couple weeks. Until then, take care, guys. This has been Courtside. See ya.